Welcome to the Saddle School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, November 13th, we look at Lesson 7, Law and Grace. Join us as we see Christ in the midst of the book of Deuteronomy, showing us that motivation behind what we do matters. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are at Lesson 7, Law and Grace. And our memory text comes from uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, New King James Version. I do not set aside the grace of God, For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Uh, Heard a sermon about uh, Romans chapter 9 this morning, and that same point was brought out, right? It's not by works, it's not by the law, it's by the works of Christ, right? What Christ has done through faith is, is, uh, is the way that we grow in all this. And so today, talking about law and grace, I appreciate it how the lesson brings out a lot of wonderful salient points, and Mm -hmm. hopefully we can bring those out today as well. Yeah. And Michael, I feel like before we kick this off, we also have to thank the Keene Seventh-day Adventist Church. I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, they've got a cool podcast studio. So those of you that are listening, you might notice a little bit better sound quality. So just a huge shout out to our Keene Church family and the pastors for their support of our podcast as well. I apologize as well, though, for those of you who miss like air conditioner kicking on in the background or someone knocking on the door. You know, I, I apologize <laughs> if you miss those sounds, but uh, thank you to the King Seventh-day Adventist Church. Buster, I don't miss those sounds. <laughs> I definitely do not either. <laughs> hey, by the way, coming back to the whole righteousness thing, I read a quote this morning that I think just ties in beautifully. Please share with it. Our lesson. Uh, it comes from Pro- uh, Patriarchs and Prophets by Ellen White. Page 431, nothing but the righteousness of Christ can entitle us to one of the blessings of the covenant of grace. There are many who have long desired and tried to obtain these blessings but have not received them because they've cherished the idea that they could do something to make themselves worthy of them. They have not looked away from self, believing that Jesus is an all-sufficient Savior. We must not think that our own merits will save us. Christ is our only hope. Of salvation. Amen. Amen. You know, you can't put it any better than that. Uh, so, as a matter of fact, because we can't, how about we just go to the law in heaven? Oh, my. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's time for a wrap already. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that too, but how about we talk about the law in heaven Let's on Sunday's that. lesson? You know, where did it all begin? And this is kind of the one of the most basic foundational questions of all of Scripture and salvation history. Um, is is this question of the character of God. Who is God? Is he just? Is he fair? The moral government of God, This, all of this kind of is overarching, and this is a, a seminal question of, the, of Scripture. And if God truly is a God of love, a God who cares about us, and he is a fair God in how he runs the universe, there must be some way, some method, some means through which God governs this whole universe. And that's where we have the law of God. And some people are like, well, you know, the law of God, it's when the Israelites, you know, with Moses and on Mount Sinai and everything else. Tablets. uh, Yeah, yeah. But but that just makes no sense at all because what happened before? Are you saying that there was no structure to the universe? Yeah, like then it wasn't wrong for Cain to kill Abel, right? Exactly. So it just... 
um, it has to make sense. And the key text that uh, Sunday's lesson has us turn to is Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 15 and 16. Classic text here uh, that's usually associated right away with, uh, with Lucifer. It states, You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. And through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. And so I drove you in disgrace from the Mount of God, and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Mm-hmm. So this whole passage, not just this, but in surrounding it and elsewhere, yes, you sir. see these references to this covering cherub, this covering angel, this very important angel that we usually describe as, or the Bible describes as Lucifer, mm-hmm. who then falls from heaven falls from, and in order to, for there to be a fall, there had to have been a law. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. In order for one to be blameless or to be blamed, right, mm-hmm. there had to be a standard which someone had to be held accountable to. Yeah, and the Apostle Paul makes the same point, which is he the does. other verse that's here, Romans 7, verse 7, what shall I say then, is the law sin? Well, of course not. And in fact, to the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. So we know that law exists because the law has been broken. So clearly God's law is everlasting. It's eternal and it's God's character. It's the foundation of of, of all of heaven. The universe is God's law. And so um, that's, that's what we have going on here. Um, but now we're going to kind of zero in on the law in Deuteronomy. Yes, the law in Deuteronomy. And it brings out this point. I'm not going to read all all of these texts. As a matter of fact, uh, mm-hmm. it, it brings out this point. It says, what point is expressed again and again and again, and why is it so important for the people? And I will say to us as well, but it's important to talk about what it meant before we talk about what it means. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 30, verse 10, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God and keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with mm-hmm. all your soul, right? Yeah. And so it, it repeats all these verses remember and obey, follow mm-hmm. statutes, mm-hmm. judgments, right? Follow these things. And it repeats it time and time and time again because yeah. he doesn't want us to forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it specifically talks about the law, uh, the book of the law, which is referring to the book of Deuteronomy. Right? Yeah. This is exactly. a re- repetition, mm-hmm. but it's also an emphasis on something yeah. that God wants us to keep, which is our covenant with him. Mm-hmm. But also he hits on it why he wants us to keep it, right? Love it. With, uh, turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. When you do that, mm-hmm. you will follow the book of the law. Yeah. I think that's what he's after. He's not just after our our placated obedience. Right. He's not after our appeasement. Mm. He's after us. He's after our hearts. Yeah. And so this is the reason why it keeps bringing it up and up and up and up. And uh, one of our, I mentioned one of our students, I'll mention her by name, Samantha Lee, preached this morning in Deuteronomy yeah. chapter 9. Oh, wow. It's phenomenal. I was praying for her. I saw her in the hallway getting ready. <laughs> yes, yes. She did a terrific job. Cool. And she preached specifically uh, 930, think, I think through verse 33, and talked about the stumbling block, right? Yeah, the stumbling yeah. stone. And she says, here the stumbling stone was their works. Their works they thought were saving them, and it was actually their faith. And so she's talking about how our works can inhibit our faith. Mm. And if we're not careful, you know, uh, if we trip over that stumbling stone, which is Christ, right? Yeah. Hopefully it helps redirect us. But a lot of times we trip over it and we keep going in the same direction. And she's like, so hopefully we stumble, stop, and turn the direction that God wants us to, rather than continuing on doing our own thing, thinking that our works are going to save us. Mm. No. Christ, your works are going to save us. And at the same time, we, we see it as well, Michael, in Ephesians 2, 8 mm-hmm. through 10. Yes, we're saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. And it's not of our own works, lest anyone should boast. But 
he's prepared for us because of our, our faith, we're yeah. saved by that, works prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them, mm. right? Yeah. And so it's not like works are done away with. It's just that the intention behind the works and the reason why we're doing the works matters just as much as us actually doing the works. Yeah. I'm doing it to save myself. It's all in vain. Yeah. I'm doing it because I love God and I love others. He's all for it, yeah. right? Yeah. And so uh, that now brings us to Letov Lak. <laughs> <laughs> I butchered that, but you know, I heard if you say it with confidence, no one will ever know. Yeah, let's let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I love our biblical languages. They're important, and uh, and I'm glad there are people that specialize in that. But uh, pronunciation's never been my my forte. But let's let's my dive man. in. Let's <laughs> yes, dive please. in. Let's do it. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter ten, verses one through fifteen. Um, it talks about uh, this passage of how God feels about his people. And um, and if we, we kind of dig in here, and uh, uh, this, this passage talks about um, uh, God asking them to hew two tables of stone like the first. Remember the ones that Moses broke? Right. And, uh, and then goes on with some instructions to make an ark of wood. We call this the Ark of the Covenant, you know, that, that's so uh, famous, you know, uh, that people have looked for. And, you know, there's all these different kinds of movies that people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Um, and so there's this description. And what's in that ark is these the sacred... Uh, writing of God, the Ten Commandments uh, that had been spoken to them. Um, and then at the very end, I, I don't want to read this whole passage. It's a very long passage, uh, uh, the first 15 verses. But beginning in verse 12, it says, um, to fear the Lord your God. And remember, this word fear means to respect, right? To walk in all right. his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I have given you today for your good. Well, indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth that is in it. And and I want to stop here for just a minute because a lot of people probably recognize this passage because they recognize when Jesus quotes from this passage. Mm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, or various different variations of it, right? Mark, both in Mark and in, in Book of Matthew. Yes. Exactly, right? And this, and this Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. Yes, he is. He's quoting here. And, um, and then it says, the Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after you, you above all peoples, as it is to this day. And I, I think that's just beautiful. It's a reminder it wasn't how awesome <laughs> the children of Israel thought, you know, that they thought they oh, themselves, great. you know, hey, I'm all this in a bag of chips. But rather, it's talking about God's love and God's compassion um, and God's care for them. And that's where the love, the, the, the Litov uh, Lach, uh, which is this translation of this, this idea here in verse 13, for your good. God does this not for his benefit, but for our benefit, the selfless um, understanding of God's agape love, that selfless love that gives uh, and, and constantly. It's it's just selfless, and yeah. there's just no other way to put it. Yeah, for your good, um, right? You're not doing anything so that – and this this happens so much. We just assume it all the time. Yeah, someone's got <laughs> – they've got some kind of edge, some kind of agenda that they're going for. I'll, I'll be nice to them so that I get promoted or whatever – and 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 God's saying no. That's it's just not how God's God works. I, uh, I I get no benefit. I only care genuinely and authentically for your good. Yeah, 
You know, I, I love that, Michael. And mm-hmm. uh, discussion today in class over fierce conversations. We Ooh. talked about the what defi- a great book. Yes. Yeah. The definition of value. Right. Mm. What do we value? And yeah. they, they came with a list. They said you value things you spend your time on, your yeah. money, your mm-hmm. efforts, your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. sometimes we can say with our mouths, oh, I value mm. whatever it might be. Right. But do your actions match up with that. Yeah. Right. And I'm not yeah. just I'm not talking about works here. I'm talking about Mm-hmm. character we're talking about integrity we're talking about all these different things wow and the truth of the matter is a lot of times we'll say we value something we really don't mm-hmm. and god yeah. is saying i'm doing these things for your good yeah. for your value because i value you and i want to mm-hmm. see you grow yeah. i want to see you flourish mm-hmm. but i want to see you do it correctly in the right things yeah. right yeah well uh, i guess we kind of head towards uh what does it mean to be a slave in egypt buster uh you know this is a beautiful passage i think we've mentioned it uh, before in the past uh, is just saying uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, 6 through 22. Uh, once again, I'm not going to read all of that. This is going over the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm, once again, mm-hmm, Moses yeah. is giving them the book of the law, right? Yeah, yeah. But specifically, and uh, I think it's verse 12 through uh, 14, Moses talks about, uh, actually 12 through 15, talks about the Sabbath day. And yeah. it's not the uh, prototypical, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, six days yeah. shall you labor. He adds something to it there, verse 15. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from uh, from there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Wow. Right? And, and remember, remember the grace that you received. Yes. And the mercy you received. Mm-hmm. And now do it for others yeah. on the Sabbath day. Yeah. Uh, enjoy it, but mm-hmm. also help others to enjoy it. Remember the bondage you were in that you're out of now. Mm. And we see this extended grace towards us yeah. that now we're called to extend towards others. Yeah. And that that is honestly the, the concept of the law as well. Yeah. Let's see here. I know you're going to fail. I know you're going to fall short. But I'm doing this to extend grace to you so that you will then in turn extend grace to others. And I've seen oftentimes in churches where the op- exact opposite happens where we want all the grace and mercy, but we're not willing to have patience or grace or mercy with anyone else. Now, is there still accountability? Yes, there is. But I can have grace and accountability all in the same breath. Right. right? Yeah. Michael, you and I still have students that fail our classes. I, uh, it always amazes me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm like, if you show up, you do the work. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm working with you. Yeah. But at the end of the semester where, mm. I mean, matter of fact, I'm, planning a pastoral visit to five students that are failing classes right now. Yeah. And yeah. Monday. We've walked the dorm before. We have walked the men's the dorm. dorm at least. Yes. <laughs> uh, this time specifically students that are of mine that are failing. You yeah. Know, knocking on their doors. Trying and saying, to be I, relational. I care about you. You're yeah. failing. Mm-hmm. Still probably going to fail, but I want yeah. you to know you're more than your grade. Yeah. Yeah. Here for you. I care about you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So extending. Sometimes an email or a phone call or a text message. Whatever, whatever yeah. it might be. Whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of relationship that. I know that God has extended me, yeah, right? Because if he didn't, exactly. none of us would be here. This is true. And, you know, I think back to my own college experience. I had a couple of professors that said, hey, Michael, um, you kind of kind of step up your game or whatever. And, and I'm thankful for people that cared enough to challenge me. <laughs> and that, that means that they valued that relationship. They valued me as a person, as a student. And, and we want to invest the same kind of value in our students, right? You yeah. know, that's what I hear you talking about with fierce conversations and everything else that we – we and we're investing because God invested. God has value, and and that that matters quite a bit. Um, you know, as you were talking, Buster, it reminded me of the quote by uh, Paulo uh, Freire. 
uh, the the oppressed instead of striving for liberation tend themselves to become oppressors. Mm. And this is one. This is a huge challenge, right? Because our natural tendency. Oh man, I went through that. You're going to have to go through it too. Ouch. You know and. Um, yeah, you know, I slavery. I, I was a slave, so then you should be a slave, yep. and this kind of thing. I struggled, so so should you. Yeah, no, yeah. like I struggled to help lessen your blow, right? And so yeah. hopefully you do it for someone else in the future. Mm-hmm. And and there's all kinds of aspects of that, and and this is the what the children of Israel are going through, and and the only way to break that cycle is through the grace of God. Mm. You know, God's love, because then what we do is we penetrate, looking out for the. The, the benefit of others and putting others uh, before ourselves. So instead of being, oh, yeah, it was really, that was terrible and it's too bad you have to suffer through it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been through there and I don't want you to have to suffer through it and I'm going to put your welfare before my own. Now, now Michael, you say you had some professors in the past that uh, called you out and mm-hmm. told you to step up. Well, how about three weeks ago, I wrote a paper for, you know, it was a quick exegetical paper, five-page sure. pa- yeah. paper for a, uh, one of my doctoral classes, and yeah. I wrote it real quick. And I, yeah. and it, we have one of our students. Uh, she she does credible job at, at editing. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, can you go ahead and edit this for me? And she sent back an email with probably 26 corrections, like, do better swoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Buster, man. And you know Way what? to oh, put that right there. Oh, my goodness. But you yeah. know what? I, I told her, it's like, thank you for sharing that with me because you're right. I rushed it. I didn't take my time. I did those edits and I got a special note back from one of my, from one of the professors of that class. He's like, this is one of the best or better edited papers that we've received this week. Thank you. Wow. Thank you very much. So, so sometimes we need to be so held students coming back to, to bless you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, so sometimes we be willing to take it all, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be perfect. You don't No. This is what community is about, right? Yeah. Learning from each other. Yeah. I, I think, you know, and, and the best learning that happens isn't like professors, you know, being on a pedestal that pontificate down to students. The best uh, learning in my experience has been professors who have a contagious love for learning yeah. and they love it so much Then all their students want to learn and, and learn to appreciate and love that learning process too. And then professor and students together keep learning together. Now, Michael, I'm sorry, I have to laugh at this. Yeah. Uh, someone in class, you know him, uh, I won't say his name, but he says, I really want to increase my vocabulary. And he said, so I'm going to learn, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read a certain amount of words from the dictionary every day. And I said, don't do that. I said, just spend a half an hour once a week with Dr. Campbell and you will learn about 10 new words. No, oh, come and he on said, now. And he said, he said, like, what words? It's like, like pontificate. <laughs> <laughs> so you just do it in there right now. And he's like, what does that mean? I said, look it up right now. But I, I was able to share with him. So oh, I, just, mercy. I just chuckled. If he's listening to this, he'll, he'll laugh at that as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to, you know, and, and, and someone challenged me to expand my vocabulary when I was a college student. And signed up for an email list, a word a day. Mm. And I've been I've been checking my email for twenty years on that email, checking that, working on learning new vocab words. So oh. you just never, you never I don't even learning. think about it. Yeah, never <laughs> stop learning. Never stop learning. I, I love that, Michael. So yeah, Michael, take us home to not your righteousness. Well, this is probably my favorite passage of all the things we've been looking at this week. Um, that just reminds us that it's not, it's not us. It's just not us. All too often we make religion about ourselves. Ouch. And not about Jesus. And uh, this passage here kind of brings this together. Um, Chapter 9 of Deuteronomy, uh, beginning verse 1, 
uh, through six, but I'm just going to hit a couple of highlights here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Okay. It says, uh, here, Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in. And uh, and so here's that's the context. says the words of wisdom right before they go into uh, into the Canaan land that's been promised to them. And there's some challenges, talks about giants and you're going to subdue them <laughs> and that God's going to drive them out before you. That's verse four. Amen. So it's the promise. It's not their strength. It's not how smart they are and how, you know, how amazing their battle strategies are, their equipment. It's going to be, um, and he says, the Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. Don't say this. That's what it. That's what it says here. Um, no, in fact, it says it again to emphasize. Don't think that, right? Yes. No, get uh, out of that mindset. It's actually on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. And this raises actually a really important question because um, and that I find a lot of people struggle with, and that is why did God allow the children of Israel to destroy these nations? Sounds kind of like genocide, like you know. Was that really fair? Is it right? I mean, how could a loving God that does all these other things, um, either there's some kind of contradiction or there's maybe some other kind of explanation. And the best explanation I've ever heard is that God had been working for generations, for hundreds of years. Well, and the opportunity of of, of the, the message of salvation through Abraham, through his descendants, they had been gone. And, and these peoples had become so evil, you know, and, and it talks about some of the abominations of Molech and others where they're actually practicing child sacrifice, you know. Yeah. I mean, just um, to the, 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 had lowered itself to such a deplorable situation. Degradation, right? Yeah, degradation that finally God, you know, it was his mercy mm. that he allows them to be destroyed, to be wiped out, that that is not just for humanity's sake, you can't be having this happen. And uh, so there's certain points in salvation history where where this happens. And so it's actually God's mercy that he allows them to be destroyed. And even in the midst of that, God mm-hmm. still offers hope. Think Amen. of Rahab on Amen. Jericho's walls, that God still extends those lifelines wherever he can find people uh, that are willing to uh, change their allegiance, so to mm. speak, right? And, uh, you know, just kind of bringing this together here, um, at the very end, uh, verse six, and this is, I think, the most important verse of this passage. Understand then that it is not because of your righteousness uh. that the Lord your God is giving you this good and land to possess, for you are a stiff-necked people. Oh, well, that's kind of a warning with the ouch at the end. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a spanky at the end. No? <laughs> a little spanky. Yeah, you know, it's not your righteousness. And I, I think we struggle with that as as Christians, as Adventists Adventist, especially. Yeah. We like to think that we keep the law because we keep the Sabbath. I was just at a large church event with um, quite you know several thousand people, and there was one of the speakers that got up and challenged them at the end and said, you know, um, uh, that you know how many of you are ready to follow God in full obedience? Well. Um, and, and, and the context was bringing in the Christ soon return and everything else. And and I'm all for obedience. We have to have obedience, yeah. but it has to be motivated by love. And sometimes we like to think it's our obedience that brings about the kingdom of God. It's not. It's not our righteousness. And we have to always keep that in perspective, 
that it's God's righteousness. And that's that stiff-necked people where we struggle to remember how good God is and our need to just trust him completely with our salvation. And, you know, Michael, systematically we can bring that up because that's that's stopping halfway to the equation, right? Yeah. If you love me, keep my commandments. Yeah. Because our obedience is actually drawing out our love for Mm -hmm. God and our love for others. And that is the thing that will attract others. It's It's not our obedience. I I care less about your obedience, Michael. Right. But I do care about that you care about me as a friend. Mm. I do care about the fact that, hey, when I need something, you're there. Yeah. You drive and pick me up. That's not obedience. I care less about your obedience. Yeah. Right? Now, God wants our obedience because he wants our hearts. And when he knows he has that, he knows he has us, right? And that's he does. What he, ultimately, that's what he, he's after. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to have him. Yeah. And that's that's what it's about. So I appreciate you bringing that point up, Michael. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, this has been a fun lesson. I'm just so amazed as we go through Deuteronomy again and again how it's all about Jesus, such a Christ-centered yes. book that I think there's just so many misconceptions about it. Yes, and I'm glad we're able to rectify or clarify, I should say, some of those misconceptions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week. Yes, sir. So this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.